bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of adjustment. But, but answer my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits well, a homicide and kills people up... Nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. This is the Truth of the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris. Sponsored by Concordia University on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. Hey, just so you know, we got J.B. Bell coming up at about uh, after the first break for uh, Northwestern Mutual um, Financial Empowerment. It's going to be really great this week. It's going to be really, really great this week because we're going to be talking about one of my favoritestest, well, it's a word now, so I may as well use it. Favorite is this topics, and that's insurance. And if you think it's boring, and if you think you don't want to hear it, and if you think you probably shouldn't be listening to it, listen again. Because insurance is the one thing that you can use to do all sorts of things in life. You can use it to do all sorts of things in life, and there are good ways to use insurance and then there are bad ways to use insurance but my theme today if you were here yesterday versus today yesterday i was talking about how things were dumb without the b well today <laughs> dz you could just write it now. Dumb with two B's. So we're going to be talking about insurance today. And one of the things that disturbed me more than anything is the ability to look at what's going on in the world and think to myself, well, it'll get better. All right? Somehow we're going to figure out that some of the things we do in life actually like will make the world better. 
And in one of those areas, believe it or not, that's how I look at research. I think in my brain, if you do research right, you can help the world. You can help the black community. You can, you can help any community become great, right? Become prosperous, become well. But as I was on this insurance kick, and, and we'll talk about that life insurance and we'll talk about uh, disability and you know stuff that we think we know, but we really don't know. I'm gonna be asked some very pointed questions about it. And when you're done, I would suggest you call or email or text or send up a smoke signal to JB because he's like the insurance guru. That's what I heard at his agency. But then I ran across a study today that didn't make any sense to me. It says studies suggest unvaccinated people, people that did not take the COVID-19 vaccine. A study is suggesting, you ready? And I want to see DZ's face when I, when, I, when I read this. Studies suggest unvaccinated should pay higher car insurance premiums draws outrage. I told you. What? Dumb, dumb with two Bs. A new study published this month, where? In the American Journal of Medicine, they should be ashamed of themselves, claimed those unvaccinated from the COVID-19 virus were more likely to get in traffic accidents Studies authorities suggest that insurance companies should make changes to policies of unvaccinated individuals. Canadian researchers said the observed risks might also justify changes to driver insurance policies in the future. So the principal investigator, his name is Dr. Donald Redelmeyer, R-E-D-E-L-M-E-I-E-R of the Sunnybrook Research Institute. Well, never have anything to do with them, claimed it demonstrated traffic risks were 50 to 70% more frequent for adults who had not been vaccinated compared to those who had. He said it doesn't mean that COVID-19 vaccination directly prevents traffic crashes. Instead, it suggests that adults who do not follow public health advice may also neglect rules of the road. How stupid is he? Oh, I'm sorry. He's not stupid. He's dumb with two Bs. As the report went on, a British pathologist wrote, here is a joke of a study claiming the unvaccinated are involved in more car crashes. There's a lot wrong with it. These claims are based on accidents that resulted in hospitalization. Each person injured is referred to in the paper as a crash, even when the person injured was a pedestrian and the fundamental flaw was that the study relied on government database of vaccinated individuals. And she pointed out that you could still be in an accident and I'd be going to the hospital and this wouldn't have been included in the study. She went on to argue that the study's data could be used to make out, to make like any sort of claim about the unvaccinated. From, you ready? 
having a higher rate of giving to charity or a higher rate of, I don't know, recycling. Well, I got to tell you, I've read some dumb things in my life. I can even say I've written some dumb things in my life, but I've heard it all here. To misuse something like this to make insurance companies money is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It is probably the dumbest thing I've ever heard. They looked at 6,682 traffic accidents in Ontario, Canada during the summer of 2021 and found that the unvaccinated counted for 25% of them. Which is equal to a 72% increased relative risk. Makes absolutely no sense in the world. And so we could, we could chop it up and we could argue about it and we can look at it and we can figure out whether or not all these things work. But in the end, no matter how you look at it, no matter how you slice it, in comparison to yesterday as dumb without a B, I changed my mind. It's a dumb with three Bs. And that is Dr. Ken's Truth on the new 1017 The Truth. With Dr. Ken next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app and 1017thetruth.com. Planning, insurance, and investing are all important aspects to building generational wealth. Dr. Ken Harris has you covered with a lesson in financial empowerment right here on the new 1017 The Truth. Financial empowerment on 1017 The Truth is presented by Northwestern Mutual. At Northwestern Mutual, their version of financial planning helps you live your dreams today. Good afternoon and welcome. I'm Dr. Ken Harrison. I am here with Northwestern Mutual Financial Empowerment. I am excited to have none other than the magnanimous J.B. Bell here with me. Hey, what's going on, man? Dr. Ken, man, I feel like we're in, we're in different seats. Last time it was me traveling, man. I'm not traveling. I'm here. What's it talking about? What's it talking about? <laughs> you're right. So you're here, right. you know, you know, and also too, man, it, it's going to be an interesting show now that we don't have Erica here to make sure I behave. So we're going to have right, right. <laughs> well, I just, I just got back from Atlanta. I was in Atlanta for a few days. Did, did the show. Did all sorts oh. of things. Ripped and ran and watched the news and seeing all the things that are going on. And so. <clears throat> Erica's not here, so we can have some fun, right? Because she's not going to keep us. <laughs> she's she not going to be smacking our hand, and she's probably listening, so you know we're going to be in trouble. Uh, so, already yeah. know. You know she is, man. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> you're going to be in trouble. I got a whole desk in front of me, so I can, I, I can duck and weave. I can duck and weave. So, so one of the things I was talking about earlier with this ridiculous study on paying higher insurance premiums. I would be interested to know who actually paid for that. But even in that vein, 
what is the first of all thanks for being here jb bell from bell and wright insurance what what is it in the black community that stops that seems to and and i'm not going to be able to say this in a seemingly nice way what is it about the black community what is it about us that causes us to stop listening when people talk about insurance yeah, you know, Dr. Ken, first of all, let me just say, um, you know, I, I don't, I'm pretty sure, you know, you're on social media, you're on Facebook a lot, too. And, and at some point in time after Thanksgiving, I've just been seeing an increased amount of people in my age group passing away on Facebook, just here locally. Um, you know, whether it be from car accidents, you know, unfortunate shootings, um, just a lot of tragedies in this time. And, it, and it, it's really also had me. Um, in a state of reflection about this very subject. And I, I think um, for anybody that is in a position where you get to offer insurance to people, um, this is a critical time when moments happen like this to just to really check ourselves on what we can be doing to get the word out and to, um, to be of a more of a servant and, um, and to provide more education. But I, I would say to answer your question directly, I think fear is a very big issue in our community. And I also think short-sightedness is a very big issue in our community. Um, you know, I, um, I, I think I've talked about this in previous shows, but there, there's a scholar I follow by the name of Dr. Bradley Klontz, and he has this concept of money scripts. And so there's all these different ideas that when we're born, we give a certain script about money that tends to impact us to the day we die. We spend a lifetime responding to these things. So these, they, these scripts range from people who are, money worshipers. You know, these are people who, no matter what, they just say, oh, just get to the money, get to the bag, right? Um, you got your money status people, people who believe their net worth is their self-worth. But there's this concept of what we call vigilance. It's just kind of the dominant trait of the wealthy. And I think it's interesting that, interesting that for you to be vigilant, you have to believe that you have a long future ahead that is worth planning for. And I think a lot of times in our community, the things that we're listening to, whether it be a lot of rappers talk about YOLO. You only live once. You know, we listen, we listen to people always talking about, look, I, I didn't. I struggled growing up, so I, I'm going to do me today. I'm going to get what's mine right now. I may not make it to tomorrow. There's a lot of very short-sightedness and fear of tomorrow not coming true. And in that process, I think we hesitate and we run away from planning. And it's, and it's a grave error because most of us are probably going to live longer than what we think. So then let's start with the benefit. Uh, on on both sides, what's the benefit to me buying insurance and my family having insurance? Sure. So the most important thing to understand about insurance is what it is, and, and in all insurance really is designed to solve the same problem, just to varying degrees. So the fundamental purpose of insurance is to protect the loss of income. You know, if you didn't have car insurance, then you're going to have to use your income to get another car. If you don't have phone insurance, you'd use an income. But when you think about the loss of a family member, okay, um, a family member whose income is associated with certain promises that we all have. When we have children, we dream of sending them to school. When we have children or have spouses, we dream of making sure that we buy even nicer homes. We have a lot of promises that we, we design our lives around. What insurance is really there to do is to help protect that promise that you have to your family no matter what. It, to me, it's a test of your values. We all have goals, but I think 
having for going the step further and protecting those goals for your family is it gets to the root of where your values are. But then, so what I do think I protect? Some inherent benefit. Uh huh. Go, go ahead. Your income. You're protecting. Yep. You're protecting your income, and you're protecting uh-huh. the family's lifestyle. So, put in a practical sense. Let's look at it in this way. Um, let's say I'm the breadwinner in my household, right? And all the and, and let's say sixty to seventy percent of the bills are paid by me. Well, I may leave a life insurance policy, for example, to pay off my house, but that isn't necessarily going to address some of the other factors beyond, which could result in a loss of my family's assets, such as property taxes. Property taxes don't stay the same. If you're from Milwaukee, you really know that, right? (laughs) So sometimes when you have, yeah, sometimes when you have a buffer of coverage that is set inside of either a trust or a buffer of coverage beyond just trying to you know, kind of, you know, just, you know, get the baseline amount of insurances, you have a way of insulating the family so you can preserve their lifestyle. And so when I think about financial security, I'm thinking less about financial security, more about family stability. And the reality is, in this day and time, it really does take income to create certain levels of comfort for your family. So then what kind of things am I keeping um, stable like what kinds of insurance do i yep. need i mean i got car i got house there I got, you go so but i'm sure the, there's the some dominant, other things oh yeah so there so when you think about the primary lifestyle protection insurances you're really thinking about a few things number one you're thinking about disability insurance so disability insurance is in place if i become sick or injured you're thinking about life insurance that's really mitigating the issues if i pass away and then you think about long-term care insurance, which is really about making sure there is a pot of money that can replenish the costs that are typically associated when you need, you know, when your activities of daily living have been altered or if you develop something cognitively like Alzheimer's or dementia. So the long-term care policy really there is to reimburse you for some of the costs that may have to come out of the portfolio that are unexpected. So so those are really what we call our three lifestyle protection insurances, you know. Okay. And then the, I guess the additional one I would add would be annuities, which are a way for people to protect um, a stream of income coming in the door against the markets going up and down. But that also includes auto insurance, um, property insurance, like I, I have stuff. I might have a business on the side. All those things need insurance so that it doesn't affect your family directly. Now, listen, I, I, agree whole, I, I agree wholeheartedly with you on that subject. But one thing I will say is if I'm putting an order of operations on things for my family, Correct. I want to make sure that I at least take care of those first. And, and even though it, some of the other ones you, can, you get in trouble for legally, you can't drive around with no car insurance. But I Correct. Think you, when you cost compare, particularly for young people, the cost of car insurance for a young person when you compare it to disability or life insurance often, you'd be surprised at how low it can be, especially when you get it young. So then so then why don't we just make life insurance mandatory? Just pass a law. You you can go to Madison and we'll pass a law in Wisconsin and you have to get life insurance. Well the the um the, the flip side of that, brother, is you have to remember that <laughs> all insurance companies are not built the same and, and essentially insurance companies they really thrive when they people get to them earlier when they're healthier. Okay, right. because right. At most in most cases when you pay a premium, um, you know, for example, the the average disability in this country ranges about two point three years for a long term disability. Okay, so if you think about it, let's say you were going to protect against that risk just off of the average, 
you would need to take two years of your income and put it in a bank account. And most people don't have that just sitting around. The alternative is I buy a disability policy where I may pay, you know, 30 or 40 bucks, whatever. But over time, that can actually be a lot cheaper than setting aside that much money in an account that's gaining no interest. Wow. So, so really, you, you can win a lot more when you purchase the insurance. But sometimes it's, we, 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 don't, we, don't, we only evaluate the cost of the premium. We very rarely uh, think about the cost of the alternative. Like I had a client today. I was talking to them about. 833-212. Oh, I'm sorry. Go, oh, go right ahead. No, no, I was saying we, we had a client today. <laughs> Am I going ahead or you going ahead? My bad. <laughs> you going ahead. You're the guest. Got it. Okay. Yeah, so we had a client that was talking about getting a trust today, and they were, uh, you know, they were kind of wary about how much it may cost, but then we had to talk about the cost of probate court, <laughs> which may be 20 or 30% of what you actually have or more for expenses. So just, again, you want to think about the cost of the alternative, not just the cost of the premium. Ah, there it is. 833-212-1017 is the number. We're going to keep him for one more segment. We're going to talk about actually how life insurance works in a different kind. Um, and then how do you decide? Well, I don't know. I, I guess you can use me as an example. How would I decide what kind of life insurance I need to buy? If you have any questions, 833-212-1017 is the number. This is probably the freest, cheapest time you can ever ask somebody in financial services a question. And they can actually answer you because that is the kind of agency Bell and Wright is. 833-212-1017. My guest is J.B. Bell from Bell and Wright Financial Services through Northwestern Mutual Insurance. We'll be right back. You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. More of The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harrison is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Planning, insurance, and investing are all important aspects to building generational wealth. Dr. Ken Harris has you covered with a lesson in financial empowerment right here on the new 1017 The Truth. Financial empowerment on 1017 The Truth is presented by Northwestern Mutual. At Northwestern Mutual, their version of financial planning helps you live your dreams today. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. I'm with the Bell portion of Bell & Wright Financial Group from Northwestern Mutual. 833-212-1017 is the number. We've been talking about life insurance. We've been talking about how life insurance is going to, well, literally make or break you. And how does it work? The different types. How do you decide how to buy it? But we have a call. Nicole from Milwaukee, who's actually calling from Dallas, has a question for JB. Nicole, how are you? Hi. Good evening, Dr. Ken. Thank you so much for taking my call. Most definitely. I have three questions for JB, if that's okay. Go right ahead. Yeah, no problem. Awesome. First question is, is it possible for me to um, get life insurance from my brothers, both who are older than I am? One is 56, one is 50, and neither one has ever been married. Got it. It, it is possible for you to take a policy on your brother. However, um, the brothers would have to give consent, and what most likely okay. would happen, sister, is 
they would have to be the, they would be listed as the owner of the policy, but then you could be the payer of the policy. Okay, so the thing that you won't be able to do unless it's a child or a minor is to kind of take a policy out of someone without their consent. Gotcha. And does that consent is just a general something in writing and signed in front of somebody to um, yeah, basically you know, they would actually be so. Yeah, the application would actually be done with your brothers, and then they then okay. you would be listed as the payer. Mm-hmm. Got, got you. Okay. The second question is. Um, in the event, if I'm the payer over the insurance and something happens to me and I pass, then what happens with that policy? Is that something I need to be thinking about in my will or, you know? Oh, this is, I am so happy you, you brought this up. This is a very big issue in our community, okay? Um, when you do a life insurance application, um, they all, you always are given the right to have a successor owner, okay, or even, or even to establish how you would like the payer to be. So that, as well as the second issue is, a lot of us don't leave contingent beneficiaries. So we don't realize sometimes there's a high probability that the beneficiary could pass away with the insurer. Okay, so having a secondary in case something happens in in a successor owner, very important. Okay, and then my um, third question is, does every life insurance policy require a physical exam? No, that, no. Typically, a physical exam will be a consequence of the amount of insurance you're applying for, and the age okay. of the insured, as well as their health records. Okay. So sometimes, okay. if the like when policies are smaller, there tends to be less scrutiny than with po- policies that are bigger, and it, it also is company okay. specific too. You know. Oh, okay. When you say policies are smaller, can you give me a range of what that dollar amount would be? Yep. So like, so like when you start thinking about like a five to ten or fifteen or twenty thousand dollar policy, like smaller ones, things that are under fifty grand, tends to come with less okay. scrutiny than more of your larger, you know, hundred thousand, two hundred, five hundred million policies. Okay. And what what happen is whoever, whatever policy is being worked on, there's always going to be underwriting standards that that they should be able to fill you in on before you apply. Gotcha. Okay, I'm sorry, this is my last question. So my, my children are also no, adults. Good, so they need to do a consent for insurance so I can just um, just get a policy um, in their names as well. Yeah, if they're over 18, they're going to they're gonna sign it, but you could still, again, be the payer, you know. And, and, what I, and okay. sometimes what I've seen some parents do is they even may um, ask the kids if it's okay for them to become, so they may sign over ownership back to the parent, uh, so that way the parent can really ensure that, you know, cause especially when you got policies where there's cash value. I don't know about you, but I love, I love my kids, but their spouse is going to be their spouse. I may want to keep certain things in, under my um, my um, control for a while, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it just depends. Absolutely. Okay? Yep, yep. Yeah, and sister, what I will say is I, my, my email is james.bell at nm.com. Actually, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Texas a couple times a year uh, visiting clients, so don't okay. let you ever hesitate if you have questions, okay? Okay, can you give me that email address again? I'm sorry. Yep, it's james, J-M-E-S, dot B-E-L-L, at N-M dot com. And you don't, you don't have to be my client to have a question. So if you got a question, don't hesitate. Just reach out, okay? Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. No problem, sister. God bless you. All right, same to you. That was some great advice, JB. And if I want to call you at your office, what number would I call as well? Yep, it's 414-615-1855. Again, it's 414-615-1855. That's my office direct. 
All right. Thank you much. So, okay. so what kind of life insurance? What, what, what are the different kinds of life insurance? How, how, does, sure. how does all that work? Got it. So, there, so, so Ken, Dr. Ken, there are two primary types of life insurance. There's term insurance, and then there's permanent insurance. And, and for the term and permanent insurance, there's different variations, okay? So one thing I'm going to say before I even get into that is um, it's just a quick question, uh, Dr. Dr. Ken. Do you know how life insurance and, and marriages are different? Do you know the primary reason why they're different? <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid to answer. I'll just say, no, JB, what is it? <laughs> the answer is you can have more than one. Okay. Wow. You, know, you can actually have different types of insurance. Like this, when we get lost right. into these arguments of which one is right, no. In most cases, that I, at least right. for the clients that we serve, people will have some of both. Believe it or not. Okay. But yep. let's start off with term insurance. Okay. Okay. Term insurance is like renting coverage for a period of time. Okay. And so there's two ways you can get a term policy. Primarily, number one is what's called an annual renewable term. So that basically means you start off with a low premium, but each year as you age older, the premiums increase over time. So it's the cheapest way to buy life insurance today, but say 20, 30 years from now, it can become more expensive. Okay? Okay. For people who don't like that arrangement, they'll do the other form of term, which will be called a level premium term policy, where you pay more than the annual renewable this year, but you pay the same amount for the next 10, 20, 30 years, whatever that designated term of time. Now, the primary reason why someone may select an annual renewable term versus a, say, level premium term is because many times with the annual renewable term policies, they have a conversion privilege where they'll allow you to convert certain portions of your insurance to permanent insurance without needing to take medical exams again, okay? Almost often with level policies, you only have about 10 years, but typically with annual renewable policies, you may have 20 years to the age of 60. It varies. So that's kind of one of the biggest reasons why people will entertain that arrangement of a term policy. All right. Okay? Now, I think it's fair to say, and it's to know, right, um, that the vast majority of term policies don't result in a claim being paid. And the reason why is that almost always the terms are set to expire before your life expectancy. Term is amazing because you can buy a lot of coverage for a very low cost today. It can kind of get you to where maybe to that kind of 50 to 60 period. Oftentimes the kids are out of the home, but you want to be careful at looking at it as a long-term solution and that if a term policy pays, I can guarantee you it's probably associated with a tragedy with someone dying younger than expected. Okay, right. But to not have it, in my opinion, is, you know, it, it, you, you, to me, it's, it's, the, it's what you just must do in order to keep that commitment. Mm -hmm. I think it's a perfect starting point, okay? Any All questions right. on term before I go to, over to firm? Go over to uh, whole life. <laughs> Got it. So with permanent insurance, the primary types of permanent insurance would be whole life, universal life, and variable universal life. And I know it sounds like confusing and it's, you know, we, all these, you know, universal, all these things like that. But at the end of the day, what, the basic way to look at it is, is you as the client get to decide how you like your premiums to work for you. When you purchase a permanent insurance policy, it's more in line of an asset 
because now you have a death benefit that is guaranteed to pay out no matter how long you live. Even if you live to be 120, you have a policy that's going to pay out. Secondly, there's going to be a cash value that grows in that policy that can be leveraged as you are alive. Okay. And so when you think about how do I want my premiums to work for you, when you do a traditional whole life policy, a company, and you want to, and this is really key. When you rent things, it doesn't matter as much where you rent something. Most people are going to put a lot more time, energy, and effort to where you own something. And that's what permanent insurance is all about. So I will tell you from experience, you got to be strategic about the companies you will pick um, to, um, you know, house your permanent insurance. It's a big reason why I'm proud to, you know, work with Northwestern Mutual and that it's a very, very strong company ratings-wise that I never have to be ashamed of, of what will happen over time. And so what happens is if you do a whole life policy, your premiums are going to go into that company's general portfolio, and that company's management of their portfolio and their expenses is going to be what dictates the growth of that death benefit and the growth of that cash value. Okay? okay. That's whole life insurance. Okay? Universal life insurance, you typically will see those also being invested uh-huh. in a company's general portfolio but what happens is you have flexibility on your premiums now. So now whole life is rigid. I got to pay this two, $300 a month, must be paid for a period of 10, 20, 30 years. With Universal, you may say, hey, this year I want to dump in 3000 I maybe not want to pay much next year. Then I'll come back and drop 10000 It gives you premium flexibility. Okay? Now, I will tell you, Dr. Ken, with premium flexibility comes responsibility so you really want to make sure, again, if you're going to choose one of those, that you have enough income that's being funding that policy so they don't implode and blow up in later years with rising insurance costs. So okay? quickly before we go to break, be, oh, sorry how, how do I, quickly before we go to break, how, how do I choose which one? You've got a fourth one we can do as well? Oh, yeah. There, there, it would be that, sometimes people would like to do variable insurance where those premiums are invested directly into the stock market. So that, that's another ah, option for okay. people who want to maybe go after a little bit more growth. They like the tax treatment of insurance, but maybe mm-hmm. they just want to they, they're willing to take a lot more risk. But here, here's the easy steps. To, and it's not easy because I still think you need to sit down with a professional. But at the end of the day, the first thing you do when you're picking um, you know, the insurance is you first need to decide um, what expenses do you actually need covered that are most important. So beyond okay. just the car and, and the home, you may want to think about weddings, retirement for your wife or spouse or husband, mm. whatever kids. Got. So you want to think beyond just the pale. The second okay. thing is you need to decide how long you want that money to be in place. Am I okay with if the need's just taken care of for 10 years, 20 years? Do I want it to be for the rest of my life? Okay. Third things, consider more than a death benefit, right? So, you know, you want to think beyond. And then lastly is you want to use calculators and a financial advisor to really help you determine what's going to be the right mix and blend between the two or one or the other. That's a lot to consider, but it seems pretty simple to do if you answer the right questions. And so speaking of questions, um, before we go to break, I want to really, 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 really quickly give them about 30 seconds. Uh, JD from Milwaukee, you're on the new 1017 The Truth. Dr. Ken, thank you. JB is my financial advisor. I did not call in because the truth asked me to or because JB did. 
he helped me, and he usually deal with clients that more money than me. But like he told the sister from Texas, <laughs> if you call him with a question, he will help you. And that brother helped me. He told me when I sat in his office, he said, is you a spender or a saver? And be honest, I was like, I'm a spender. He said, this is what I want you to do. And he helped me set up an index fund, and I got some G's in there messing with him, and I didn't make money this year. <laughs> and y'all know I'm a regular no, caller. So I appreciate you, JB, and um, thanks for having me on, Dr. Ken Love. I'm going to get off of here. All right, take care. Thank you so and much, brother. That really blessed me, brother. But but that's the kind that's that's the kind of listener we have. That's the kind of caller we have, and that's the kind of guests we have that can interact and learn from each other and grow. Speaking of learning, when we come back, we want to look at how much money do I need to spend on insurance? Because that's what people always think. But really, what it comes down to is, JB. How much life insurance does somebody need? 833-212-1017 is the number. When we come back, I'm going to come up with a hypothetical that JB can use in order to figure out how much money, how much insurance I need in order to make it. You're listening to JB Bell, a Bell and Wright Financial Group. I'm Dr. Ken Harris. Back in a minute. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. More of The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Planning, insurance, and investing are all important aspects to building generational wealth. Dr. Ken Harris has you covered with a lesson in financial empowerment right here on the new 1017 The Truth. Financial empowerment on 1017 The Truth is presented by Northwestern Mutual. At Northwestern Mutual, their version of financial planning helps you live your dreams today. 2121017 is the number JB Bell from Bell and Wright Financial Group with Northwestern Mutual. So quickly, so we were going to get into how much insurance does somebody need. So I got I got two examples. The first one is a single woman that makes $75,000 and one child. What kind of insurance should I suggest? I'm I'm a I've worked full time um I probably shouldn't say I think about a woman. Uh, she works full time. She makes seventy five thousand dollars and she's got one child who's approximately let's make them 15 years old. What do I do? And, and, and just like Dr. Kenny create a pop quiz on a Wednesday. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, so here's this. This is um, how I would approach this one. Um, number one, everyone should know there is a legal, not a legal, there's a certain amount of life insurance that an insurance company will happily give you based upon your age and your income. Okay. And I'll just okay. kind of rattle off a couple of the factors first. Number one, if you are under 30, an insurance company will give you, will happily give you a Northwestern Mutual lease, will happily give you about 30 times what you make in income happily. If you're 30 to 34, about 27 times what you make in, in, in income if you're 35 to 39, 24, 40 to 44, 21, 45 to 49, 18, and you see it's kind of coming down by three right, every right. five or so years, okay? So I'm saying that first to say one of the things that our team does is we believe not giving someone an option 
is like taking an option away. So everybody we work with will know off that what the maximum amount of is and say something like term insurance. So let's say this lady's like 35 or something like that. Um, uh, roughly, let's say she got 27 times her income. That's about probably about two million bucks. Okay, so if she mm-hmm. got just a two million dollar term policy. That's probably going to cost her in a range of around you know fifty five to eighty dollars, somewhere in that range, depending upon per her month. health. Could be a little more. Exactly per month. Okay? okay, so the first thing that we believe is yes, permanent insurance is amazing, but you first want to make sure you get enough coverage to solve the problem of the loss of income. And what we like to do in that scenario, so I, that would be my first thing I'd say is, sister, this is the amount of, first of all, how do you feel about that number in terms of locking it as a baseline, okay? And people will kind of give you suggestions from there. That's one methodology. The second methodology is I would sit down with that sister, and she will go through and tell me what she wants to pay for, how much money she want to have, you know, who's ever watching her kid if they were to pass away. Okay. Is that a $1,000 a month type or whatever? We can literally itemize. That's number way. Number two is we can itemize, and we may, in that scenario, come up with a million dollars. Very rarely will someone making 75000 not at least need about 10 to 15 times their income in life insurance. Okay, okay? I, got so a, I, got a, I got a quick question, JB. We got two minutes left. Yep. Are you going to be able to go past 5 o'clock? I'm, I'm, I'm here, brother. I'm on the phone. All right. All right. There you go. Okay. Go, go right ahead. You so, got about so that, a minute. So that'll be what I say. Exactly. So we're good there. So at the end of the day, again, I first want to make sure this person understands more. Now, when it comes to picking how much permanent insurance potentially, well, that's going to be a consequence of me going through her budget and seeing how she's doing saving for retirement, how she's doing with her debt reduction strategy. We want to realize that permanent insurance is good when it's a both and type of product. It should be it should be accompanying an overall financial plan. It should not be a place where we're saying, hey, we want to replace investments with only permanent insurance. That's not good planning. Okay, so so typically what I'm finding is that two to three percent of someone's income, at least initially being positioned to something like permanent insurance can really be a good a good starting point. And then the goal would be over time to potentially build from there. But again, that's all based. Uh That's going to be based upon her her financial situation. Most people are either going to start off with all term or some a term in a smaller permanent policy and grow from there. All right. Well, we're about out of time. We're going to be coming up on the news. So when we come back, we're going to look at the married couple in their 40s making a total of $250,000, three kids in elementary school. What should I do living in Milwaukee? We're talking to J.B. Bell from Bell & Wright Financial Group from Northwestern Mutual. It's a great topic. If you have any questions, give us a call, 833 212-1017 is the number. We're talking about life insurance. In the 5 o'clock hour, we'll be jumping to looking at what disability insurance is. We don't like to think about it, but that's something we need to look at along with people that are self-insured individuals. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. My guest, J.B. Bell. We will be right back.